You're tuned into Toby Talks, episode 26, from pop singer to doctor of nursing practice. You've probably heard me go on this rant before, but you're going to hear it again. Why is it that we have to be in a box when it comes to nursing? Why do we kind of have to stay in our, our lines and not kind of bleed outside the normal range of what we do? You know, why can't I just be a nurse and a real estate agent or a nurse and an entrepreneur? Or how about a nurse and a pop singer, right? Like the opportunities out there are just vast for us as nurses, but that's if we take ourselves outside that box of just being a nurse. Because you, by just being a nurse, you can lose that opportunity of being the person who's supposed to bring the new biggest idea innovation to healthcare because you're staying in your lines and I didn't know that you know it took me a while to think like huh I don't want to be just a nurse my guest today Christine is not just a nurse I mean this woman is out there advocating for women's health she is a pop singer and on top of that she is a professor hello glory Mm. I finally got a professor on the podcast, y'all, and she is sharing so many gems on how and why she went into the doctor of nursing practice, what she uses her degree for, and how she truly is impacting the generation of nurses coming up. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. Let me just go ahead and hop into this conversation because I am so excited just to hear from you. And I really want to know, how did you even fall into nursing? Like, how did nursing come about as something that you wanted to go in? You're not even going to believe this. It's actually, it was a suggestion from my girlfriend. We were having breakfast one day and I actually graduated with a bachelor's in criminology, law and society. What? I wanted to go to law school and I got a minor in business because they were starting a business school, not yet a major. And I had extra time and then realized I didn't, I actually didn't do any of that. I ended up being a singer and traveled the world for a good 10 plus years. And I was, but I was gone every holiday and I was gone every weekend and I was having breakfast with my girlfriend who's a marriage family therapist. She's like one of my best friends. And she like had a serious talk with me and was like, you need to like, you can do more. And I was like, like, what am I going to do? And she was like, well, you could be a nurse and you could still work three days a week and you could still sing. And you were, and you wear a uniform. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear. Hmm. So that was like telling pitch was don't worry about what you're going to wear and you could still sing. So that actually um, kind of transitioned me into like, okay, I have to take my prerequisites. I had never taken a science class in my life. Everything that I never took as a criminology major, I had to take. And I did it all in one year because I just wanted it. Yeah. Girl, I think this is probably the first story that I've heard as someone falling into nursing that was like, oh, it was a conversation and I was doing this already and now I'm here. Like, that's yeah. awesome because that's that's the reality of it. Not every time there comes with this heartwarming, oh, my grandmother was dying at the bedside and I held her hand and I told her, I'm going to be a nurse, mom. Don't leave me. You know, like, you know what I mean? That those extra yeah. dramatic stories. Yeah, no. I mean, I had that too. I definitely had family experiences. Like my dad had a brain aneurysm rupture when I was in fourth grade. So I know how it feels to have an ill parent, but mm-hmm. that definitely like shockingly didn't um, push me to go into the medical field. 
at all, but it does help me now to have more empathy. That's really good. So when you, when you decide to go into nursing, um, how long did it take you before you decided that you wanted to pursue doctor of nursing practice? You know, it took me a while. I had friends. Um, I was a new graduate nurse in the ER at Hogue in Newport Beach. Um, and I want to say maybe two or three years in, my friends were all applying. And I was like, I wasn't really ready. I think I was still singing. That's why I was still preoccupied with singing. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And then when everyone finished, I was a little bit late. So I would say I was probably a nurse for, let say 2010 five years before I decided. It's not as quick as it is now. There wasn't as many avenues, like not as many accelerated programs when I did it. Um, So I searched and of course, being a last minute decision maker, I chose an out-of-state school in Chicago because I just researched that they were the top ranked in DNP and, and I wanted to change. I wanted to move out of California. So So I chose Rush University in Chicago, um, not knowing that when you get your doctorate, you do your research. And I had chose my clinical in California, so I never moved. Living in California, I just flew back and forth. Yeah, it took five years for me to decide. And then I had the option of doing, you could do an accelerated online, like three years, or you had the option of five years. Wow. That's a big gap. So either three years accelerate online or five years. Yeah, but it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, girl, I would say it's very, very expensive. Um, my next question is, so your five years um, before you went into your DNP practice, was that your literally your five years of nursing experience? Like you were on the floor as a nurse and then you didn't do a master's program. You went straight into the doctoral program? No, so I did an accelerated master's at Cal State Fullerton. Oh, okay. I, already, I had already had my bachelor's in criminology, so I was like, oh, I don't want another bachelor's. So they had an accelerated program back then, which was three years. So I never got my BSN. I got an MSN. Wow. And I did, I remember we, um, me and uh, another co-host of mine, we had this discussion about different um different accelerated programs for people who literally already have a, a degree already in something else. Instead of going back and getting a bachelor's again, you can just yeah. go ahead and do an accelerated. So that's what you did when you switched from law to nursing. You went ahead and just did an accelerated master's program. And then you worked as a nurse on the floor for five years mm-hmm. before you jumped into the doctor of n- nursing practice. Yeah. Yep. I mean, now I think people do it a lot quicker, but at that time I, I really enjoyed it and that's what I wanted for myself. And it worked out perfectly because now I'm using my DNP and I like it a lot. So what are you using your DNP in? Like, how does it, how did it change from what you were doing um, as a nurse, just, you know, regular MSN nurse working to now doctor of practice. Like take me into that a little bit. Cause I'm always curious, like, man, what do, what is it? What kind of roles change once your, once your title change, what, what does that look like? I'm not sure how it is for other people, but for me individually, you grow like this appreciation for the research and you grow an appreciation for informatics, technology, management, so when you get your DNP, you have to know financial aspects. We pay a lot more attention to things like risk management, or if you're more of a research person, which I like, 
I love evidence-based practice and I, and I now see the value in policies and procedures and I'm more curious about things. Whereas when I was working as an RN or an MSN, I kind of just got, was a really good nurse, but I didn't really think about um, how it would impact the hospital or how mm. it would impact nurses as a population. Whereas when I think about my DNP, I think like you really have to level up um, and really use your critical thinking and apply it to, to health prevention in tangible numbers and health promotion, you know, like, and your practice, like your safe practice. So I, for me personally, that's what it pushed me to have a more expanded viewpoint of what a nurse can do. I, I love it. <laughs> Girl, I like the fact that you said it leveled you up. I think that's a really good way of, of wrapping up what the doctor of nursing practice does. Like you said, it's not just, you know, you're at the bedside, you're doing, you're being an amazing nurse, but you really don't get the in-depth behind the scenes of how the hospital's running, informatics, mm-hmm. risk management. Girl, you said level up. That is such a good way to think about it. Like, man. Yeah, 100%. Because I remember when I was proposing my um, project and you have to, and since I was out of state, I would have to do it with a panel online and the review board would listen to me and they would ask me so many questions. And if it wasn't a good project or proposal, you'd have to go back and revise it and propose it again. So it was approved. So it wasn't like easy. Not to say nursing school is easy because nursing school is terribly hard. You're disrespectfully hard. Mm. Right. <laughs> it mm. is so hard. So I, I know how my students feel. But once you get to your doctor, it's like you get put to shame. Hey, you know, because it's worth the effort. It's worth like, okay, I got to revise this because it's, it's just not good enough yet. You know? Wow. And you said students. So do you also teach with your dirt doctor of nursing practice? Do you also yeah. do teaching? So that's where I use it. Yeah. So I'm a professor at Cal State Fullerton. Ooh! Wow! Yay! Wow. So, tell me about that. Tell me about what it's like to teach un- incoming students. Are you teaching the graduate program? Or are you teaching like nursing students that are just coming into nursing? Like, what area of the nursing sector are you teaching? So, I started out as a clinical instructor for critical care mm-hmm. for bachelors and accelerated bachelor students, and then I took on the lead for med surge. Um. And it's hard. It is probably the hardest job I've ever taken. Really? What was hard about it? Um, you learn how to deal with people from their needs to their emotions, to their intellect, time management, like everything, their safety, the safety of future patients. Cause I think beyond the, you know, three hours I get with them in lecture, I think, okay, when they walk into the hospital, are they going to do something that's not safe? Because I had mentioned something in class in a certain way that wasn't clear. Oh, wow. For like three years from now, are they going to be like, well, Dr. Who told me that in class. So I feel responsible. I know I shouldn't, but I definitely like, I'm always fine tuning my PowerPoints and things. And I take a little bit longer probably than most professors. I'm not sure, but it just wow. takes me longer. I feel like I need to be current. You know, I need to be up to date on what I tell them. 
That's freaking awesome because to be honest, a lot of, or let me just, so let me speak for myself. When I was in nursing school, I felt like a lot of the professors were older and disconnected from like the new changes in healthcare, especially when it comes to like technology and different kind of softwares and even social media and learning to use that as an engagement tool for us. So I want to know, like, do you use like the fact that you said you keep up to date? Does that also tie into the different changes in healthcare, using technology, also, you know, using your social media as a platform to continue to provide information or, or how are you integrating that in your, in your classroom setting? Well, I haven't really integrated social media. Uh, however, with like technology, like I'll use Zoom, right? Like if they can't meet me for office hours, I'll do that. And we actually have great like video recording um, that we can do for the students. So, you know, all these online programs. I haven't done it yet. I know we have access to it, which is great. Um, it's great to have that because what I would love to do is just build a port for the students to access. Yeah. Even if- my class anymore if they remember like they're they've graduated and, and they need access to something you know there's google drive all of that where they can come back and they can access things that i've created for them i'm still working on all of that and as for with video content i'm considering it but i have to be cautious about you know school policies yeah yeah it's always that um i don't mind if my students see me on social media i don't really I'm a nurse and a human being, you know, so um, I have nothing to hide. I'm very transparent, Um, but I do want the best for my students always. So I do hold myself accountable for being a good role model in the best way that I can. I don't tell them directly, but if they come, if they happen to come across me, you know, like obviously I don't announce it because their class is more important. And that's really good because honestly, we don't really have a, we don't really see a lot of our um, professors or those that teach us living this everyday life. It almost me, it almost seems like it's in class. They're like teaching us and, you know, they're making it seem like nursing is like do or die. The most hardest thing ever. They're even making it harder for us to learn. So then we always think that they're just these perfect people and we don't see what their life is outside of social media. We don't even think they have like a social being in their body because they just seem so older and disconnected. So I'm really impressed by the fact that you are so transparent. You are on social media and granted, you don't have to push it to your students and stuff, but the fact that you are on there to show that you are a, a, a DMP, you are teaching, you are engaged in the healthcare sector and you're still living your best life, girl. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You I, mean, love- I love my students. They're, it, it's a challenge. Like I said, it's probably the hardest job I've ever had. But it teaches me so much and it's so much fun. And it's so important because we really are having a shortage and we really don't have many out there that are coming back to teach us that are actually being equipped holistically. I mean, we're kind of being left with, you know, some teachers that taught Nightingale. And it's like, look, I need you to relate with me, please. Yeah, I love me some Nightingale, but that's like week one. (laughs) Yes, like, please. Week one and forever hold it in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) So as a, as a professor, what is one of the most highlighted things that you just love about your job? um, Being able to teach the students. What is one of those big, just tell me a highlight about like, what is it that you really love doing being a professor to your students? 
Um, I love when they like light up when they're like they have their little aha moments. Oh, yeah. They don't get something, and then you like keep explaining in like five to ten different ways, and they finally get it. It's like thank you, baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Or we can read your book together. Like mm-hmm. I get, a lot of people don't like to read their book, and but I know they're really smart. I mean, you've just got to be like some some sort of special person to want to be a nurse. Like I've always said that over and over again. I've always felt it. Like you know, like you're a nurse. Like when you go into the community, you could always kind of gauge who's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Either the way they communicate or the way they dress. Like we're very. It's just something in the air. And so they're going to be my managers because I don't, don't want to be a manager. Like I want them to be really, really strong. Um, the best highlight is just seeing their faces when they're like, I mean, obviously they don't know this, but when I see them figure it out, it's the best feeling. Yay. And that's the best feeling for a student to know that their professor is able to communicate with them to be able to understand because learning nursing is like a whole nother world. It truly is. It breaks down the way you used to study, the way you used to prepare and being able to have someone to teach you to understand it where you're not just having to go home and like read 500 chapters to even get the answers right on the test. I think it goes beyond test. It goes really truly understanding what you're doing that's going to benefit the patient that's going to improve healthcare. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nurses are just getting, you know, stronger. We have such a impact on, on the community. We do. We really do. So do you, so um, as a doctor of nursing practice is majority of your time spent in the classroom setting, or do you also find yourself in a clinical setting, like as a second job or like, how do you balance that? If that is your role? So I'm mainly, um, with the university and then every once in a while I will work per diem in the emergency department for Kaiser. Um, I, I made kind of a big decision last year, was it a year and a half ago to quit working full time. Um, I've always had a passion to empower women. Mm-hmm. So I called BAM. It's like a women's platform to eradicate any like way of lifestyle that makes a woman feel less beautiful or not authentic. And I've always wanted women to feel more self-made and fierce. And it's kind of um, something that I'm starting. So I'm starting to host events. So I'm taking a risk oh, on my Yeah. To kind of combine nursing and healthcare and my life experiences as a pop singer to share with other women what their potential could be if they took care of themselves. Wow. And do you know how badly that is needed in the nursing sector? Like, I think we, we are the last people to think about ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we get so wrapped up in our patients or work that we put ourselves, our future desires, everything about us last. So how does this, how does your, um, your speaking engagements and, um, and what you're doing now going to bring that to the forefront? Well, I mean, I'm attending a lot of events. I'm helping with a lot of um, nonprofits and hopefully hosting more. I think the more women that I reach out to and give them an opportunity to see what they could do if they took care of themselves mentally Mm. um, and, you know, soulfully, like spiritually, they, they can achieve anything that they desire. But... I think that health is like the vehicle to happiness. 
you know, um, lucky yeah. for us background education, right? So you and I can talk about homeostasis. We can talk about the cardiac system. We could talk mm-hmm. about our kidneys and our liver, whereas lay people just kind of understand the baseline, but they're not going to think to the extent of like antibiotics and yeah. like to them, it's like, Oh, I have a fever and I'm just going to not take anything. So people, so the doctor knows I'm sick. I wasn't faking it, you know, whereas a nurse <laughs> yeah. would be like, no, go take some Tylenol mm-hmm. <laughs> and come see us. We believe you, you know, we believe that you're sick. Just don't delay your care. And so I feel like that's, that applies with life. Like don't delay taking care of your health and postpone everything that you want in your life because you're not ready. And, you know, I work, I mean, I, that's the lifestyle that I have is I take care of my body and my mind. And I know that it helps me be more productive. And in return, I help more people. That is awesome. Like you have no idea how we need more people like you. Like I'm not even kidding. And, and, and fact that you're using this as a, as a platform to share more with nurses and with people is so needed. It really, really is, especially empowering women to, to know that they can live this balanced lifestyle, have a career, do what your heart truly desires, but looking at it at holistically, you know, not just looking at it as, oh, just this aspect in your life and this aspect in your life, but holistically taking a a standpoint on your life as a whole. Um, That's how did you get to that point where you realize that, you know, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to impact women. This is how I want to impact the healthcare. Like, was it a life-changing moment for you or is it just something that this is working for me? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. Just naturally, people would ask me because I have my singing stuff, right? So people would always ask me, oh, how do you take such cute pictures? Or why are you such a pretty model? Or da, da, da. And it was like, I never saw myself as a model. If anything, being a singer and being on stage made me feel like a zoo animal. Like, I was just an object that people mm. happen to have a voice, but not really, you know? And And I had to do the work. Like, I actually went and got a tantra coach. Um, that trained me for six months to be Tantra certified. And she taught me how to meditate. She taught me what it, what the value of being feminine was. Wow. I look feminine, like internally, I was just like, I don't even get it. Like, I don't feel good. I did the work and, and just noticed that my relationships, you know, like they were not, um, they were just not solid because I wasn't solid mm. decisions that I was making. And I was just hiding behind things that looked small and easy because it's raised to be very humble, but you can be humble and still do big things. You know, Ooh, well, I know that's right. Say that again. Say that again for the people <laughs> in the back. I didn't you, hear you. you can just be humble and still do great big things for for yourself yes. and for other people. You know, and and I just and especially being a nurse, it's like it taught me so much. You know, like telling you that I had to level up for my doctorate. It's like a constant reminder. Like I failed so many classes. I failed my NCLEX. Oh yes, girl, I did too. I did too. Yeah, I failed like, my NCLEX. I failed a lot of classes in nursing school and my students don't believe me. Probably they probably think I'm like super hard and, but I know exactly how they feel. Cause I was the one failing all the time because yeah. 
I wanted to do more, even though I love nursing and I still love nursing now. And I always will. And I'm super grateful. I will never leave the nursing community because I, I love it. And I love all the nurses that I meet. But, um, yeah. As a woman, I just feel like if you love something, you just got to do it. And mm-hmm. Not play small, you know, recognize that there are a lot of elements to being a woman that need to be recognized. And that is 100% true. And I think sometimes we only look at one aspect of being a woman, you know, whether it's our physical or, you know, whether it's, um, you know, working hard and feeling equal at the workplace. But there's so many different elements that compose us as women that, you know, sometimes I think we neglect to touch all those areas and we only touch one part that's, you know, probably big in the limelight or big on social media or big as a conversation, but not the holistic aspect of, of a woman. And I'm really so happy that you really Uh shared the fact that you failed. Like I get excited when people tell me they failed because it's like, you're normal. You're a human being. Yeah. I failed. I failed a lot. I I mean, I failed my NCLEX and I, yeah. It's it relatable. Was, uh, it happens. And you didn't yeah. stop, you know, you, you can continue to pursue where you are now. And that is so well, important. Yeah. yeah. I failed. And then I think I took Kaplan and then I retook it. And Me and too. I, we're we're, ta- right? we're cell sisters. We're practically cell sisters right? at this point. For sure. <laughs> I mean, we're... Yeah. I'm so excited, but girl, like I just, it gives me chills because when I, when I, especially for me, when I was a nursing student and I had failed my class, I had to retake it. Um, and when I failed the NCLEX and had to retake it, I didn't see anyone else sharing that they had failed. So I always would think like, man, I'm just so slow. I'm so dumb. I can't learn like everybody else learns. I have to always go through it the hard way. And now to the point where I'm been in my nursing career for a while now and it's so like empowering to tell people that yeah I failed you know because I've already made it you know and I'm letting you know that even if you fail does not mean that's the end of the road you still can continue to level up and Mm -hmm. get there you know it's a choice um some people get stuck I feel like you know yeah 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 it's so and true. It's like so sad to see. I mean, we already see sick patients and that's in the hospital. And then when you see people outside of the hospital choosing to be stagnant, it's like heartbreaking to me. It is. It is. And we, and we really need more nurses in our field. Um, and I, yeah. I just don't want anyone who's failed to just like, you know, throw in a towel and give up, but to continue right. to push like, retake the class, retake the test, do whatever you got to do to keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it takes like, you know, podcasts like yours and like people who are opening to telling their truth, which you mentioned, like no one talks about failing. No one talks about failing at (laughs) all, at all. So from your standpoint, what advice could you give someone who is interested in becoming a doctor of nursing practice? Like if they are literally coming from a brand new field or they're in the nursing field, what advice would you give them um, to continue to pursue that doctor of nursing practice if they don't really know what they're getting into? Well, I think if you're already in the nursing field, I would recommend working and kind of to the best of your ability, identify if you want to do like something more on the admin side or something more outpatient, inpatient, and then consider getting the DNP. But because, and this is obviously just my opinion, but because it's so expensive, it's not necessary to get unless you think that you're going to use it or you're passionate about it. 
um, it for people who come up to me and say, I think I'm just going to get a DNP just because it's the next thing. Like, I would rather you save that money and go on vacation, see the world. Mm. Like you, you would learn so much more traveling than getting a DNP just because. Wow. Now, if you're, now, if you're going to use it, then yeah, 100%. I support getting a DNP. Like you just got to be strong and stick it out and be focused for like, I don't know, a year and a half and you're, you'll get your degree and you'll use it. But for the uncertain individuals, it's like travel the world, save that money and see what's out there. So you're not so encapsulated and then decide. That's wow. what I would recommend. I, I know I have that. a, and like, it's always going to be there, you know, like these programs will always be there, but to be able to to meet people and learn about life is always changing and it's different in different you know parts of the country and i think that's important and then when you do come back and get your dmp you have a you know bigger appreciation for the decisions that you made that is really a good perspective and i don't think people even share stuff like that i've never heard anyone give me advice of travel the world first live your best life and then do it <laughs> <laughs> because you know i i remember i was standing there at a restaurant and i was like i my friend had introduced me to someone and this and this young man came up to me and he was talking to me he did a real estate and he was like i think i'm just gonna get a master's or something like that and i, I remember thinking to myself just gonna get like that sounds terrible <laughs> like wow. why would you right it just sounds like you're settling. Like, why would you just want to get a DN, like a doctor? Why would you just want to get a master's? Like, it should be like, I desire to have a doctorate or I desire to have my master's and do this. And if it's not, then go do something else. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. You know? Right? Yeah. And, I, and sometimes I think being culturally, I think sometimes culture plays a role in that too. Cause you know, I'm Nigerian and honey, having degrees and going up next is like the goal. Like, okay, you're a nurse, go be an MP. Okay. Now you're an MP, go be a, a DMP. You know, it's almost like you're trying to please culture, please family. And you really don't understand if this is, is this what you really want to do? And what impact are you bringing into the field if this is truly what you want to do? Yeah. I don't know if you've gone through that, but girl, I know in my culture, having degrees and having titles sometimes is like a, is a better thing than truly mm -hmm. understanding if you want to do this and if you love to do it. Yeah. And you know, some people don't love what they do and that's, that's human nature, but like, if you can help it, like, why not? You know, I, if I can mentor nursing students, that's what I would tell them. Like, what is your rush? <laughs> right. I don't, yeah. You're, 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 you know, medicine changes. Um, everyone is searching things online. Patients are more self-sufficient. Nurses are getting smarter. Technology is better, more advanced. Even education is changing. The way that we teach in classrooms is changing. So, um, what is the rush? Like the textbooks and the research don't really get printed until like three to five years later. Wow. Um, constant. It's constant. And you have to be aware of that, but it's no use if you're not passionate about it. That's so true. I, I'm, and I'm glad that you're even sharing that, that, you know, the research takes forever to get published. It's not like your name is going to be in it tomorrow and you're famous, you know, like, are you going into it for the right reasons? Right. 
And I can only say this now because I really, really love my job now. And it took what, since I've been a nurse since 2010. So eight years for me to figure that out. I loved it before. I've always loved it, but I really, really love it now. That's <laughs> like, so good. So that's why, um, yeah, I mean, I, congratulations to everyone with the accelerated programs. Like, I think that's a great opportunity. I would like to see more people utilize it with like conviction, you know, like, yes, go get your bachelor's work, get your DNP right away. And please, please, please use it. (laughs) Right. Please use it. Please teach. We need more teachers. Hello. We need more professors like you. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's so, so much fun. We need it. Oh my gosh. This has been such an like eye-opening and warming conversation with you. Like I just feel like I finally got to have a one-on-one with a professor for real because I it was so hard to actually have one-on-ones with my professors in nursing school. So to finally like have this conversation with uh, a nurse who has gone above and beyond to now be a professor for incoming students, it truly is warming and, and heartfelt to hear you talk about these things and hear you really give advice to us that need to hear it. So I just, you know, as we, as we start to wrap up this conversation, what advice would you give to like, you know, your nursing students or any nursing student out there that is truly going through like the most, the motions. You remember how nursing school was so hard, girl, all the tests, all the exams, and you're still dealing with life. You know, life doesn't stop. What advice could you help give them to keep them encouraged and inspired to keep pushing through? And then also for my nurses that are on the nursing unit that are ready to give up their license that are burnt out that are tired what kind of advice can you give them to keep going well for the students I say um, have an accountability partner like find someone that you study well with study similarly to and have like similar interests on your time off and I would buddy up with that person I found that my students that had similar study um, styles and the way they communicated ended up improving in their test scores because they continued to pick those people to study with. Now, other students who say, for example, are more visual um, and can't necessarily explain the pathophysiology of something that are not very um, verbal, they need to stick together. Whereas the ones that like to talk about it need to stick together or else the ones that need to write things will trail behind because they're hanging out with students that excel in a different way. Mm. Um, That would be my suggestion for students in nursing school that feel like they're super struggling. Like you don't have to do it alone. You have a class of like 40. There has to be one person that is at your level of study, you know? Yeah. And as for the nurses that are burnt out, like go on vacation. Like, go on vacation, spend a day with your family. I'm guilty of it. I honestly do not go on vacation unless it's a conference or something. And I'm actually considering this December maybe going on a vacation. (laughs) But um, take breaks. Like, I value nurses, even the ones that have been nurses for 20, 30 years. And I understand why we're burnt out because nursing is a selfless position to be in. And... I remember a physician telling me one day when I was getting all worked up because a patient was yelling at me. He said, why, why do you take it so seriously? So mm. yeah, I don't know why I'm so pissed. And so that would be my advice to experienced nurses is like, try not to take it personal because you're doing a great job. 
that's why you've been a nurse for this long and two just do something to take care of yourself like if it means going to get some ice cream or you know going to yoga or going on a camping trip or a road trip like make the effort to do that the effort is so worth it so so worth it and then you come back refreshed I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode. There were so many gems dropped. But let's be honest, who got time to replay, pause, and write down all that information shared? Shoo, I know I don't. But don't worry, I got you. Download Toby Talk's app on Google Play for nursing resources, definitions, and so much more that were mentioned on today's episode. Toby Talk app features show notes that timelines the conversation and lets you click directly to the resource or definition. And it even lets you bookmark the gem for later. Listen, we're too busy learning how to save lives or even saving lives as nurses to deal with a replay button. Toby Talk app is your one-stop shop for podcast episodes and show notes. For more on Toby Talks, like the blogs and videos, go to my website at www.tobytodge.com. And you know I love to hear from you guys, so feel free to slide into my DMs on IG or Facebook and hit me up through email. That's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Till next time, I'll be talking to you soon.